welcome back to Coffee with a Shot of Cynicism. I'm Eleni. I'm Jeffrey. And today we're discussing season three, episode 16, the big one. The big one. And um, the big one refers to sex, I guess? Sex, Harvard, meltdowns. I mean, I think it refers to the envelope, the big envelope that she gets. Yes. But but I think it's also all the stuff you just named. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and we thought that since today's episode is very, um, it's very centered on girls' issues and how much pressure girls face and, um, all the shit that girls and women have to deal with, I wanted to bring something up. Um, something that happened this weekend. And if you don't, if you didn't hear about it, I think that's normal because I think it's been like not even an hour in the news. Pretty much. Yeah. So... A synopsis of what happened this weekend. Chris Evans accidentally leaked his own dick pic. Yes. <laughs> um, so he leaked a screenshot of his camera roll, which had a dick pic in it. Yes. Um, oopsie. <laughs> oopsie. Oopsie. Spoilies. <laughs> um, so I think that happened Saturday. Saturday? Was it Saturday? Uh, I think, yeah, it was Saturday, because then it was, it was Sunday that I was, like, scrolling through everything, trying to find the picture. Definitely want to find it, you guys. <laughs> and I found it, and let me just say, uh, congratulations to whoever shares his bed. I think it's Jenny, what's her face? Jenny, it, Jenny Slate? Yeah, well, it's not me, unfortunately, so. Unfortunately. So, okay, fine. Chris Evans accidentally leaked his own dick pic. Fine. So then, what happened afterwards is what really... Um, is what's really baffling to me. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of people took to Twitter, to social media, let's say, and started hashtagging Chris Evans, um, trying to, I guess, quote unquote, drown out the picture. Yeah. So they were trying to make it so that when you search the hashtag Chris Evans or Chris Evans dick pic or whatever the fuck the hashtag was, that you came across their tweets that didn't have the picture instead of. They basically tried to bury the picture. Yeah, with, like, pictures of him and his dog and, like, him being happy and everything. Yeah, and saying, like, Chris Evans is such a good guy. He does this and this for charity. And he did this at the Oscars with Regina King and blah, 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 blah. Or he also has anxiety and let's be mindful of that and et cetera. Yes, exactly. He's such a good guy and it was an accident and blah, blah, blah. So the issue that I take with this, and by the way, it's not... I don't take issue with what they did because I think that's a decent thing to do. Mm -hmm. The issue that I have with this is that why don't we extend the same courtesy to women? Well, there it is. Oh, I said it. (laughs) She went there. She spilled that tea. Because if you remember, everyone, in 2014, was it 14 or 15? I don't know which incident you're referring to. Oh, so sorry. Continue. The incident that they're now referring to as the fappening. Um, it's one of your favorite words because it's a portmanteau. Yes, I know. So it, um, re- it, which, it refers which one to, was it? It was the one where all the pictures leaked of like Jennifer Lawrence and of um, what's her face? I have to find them now. But anyways, like the, the cloud got hacked. So Kate Upton, Kayla. Oh, Cole, right. Yeah. Kirsten Dunst. Uh, there was a bunch of them like I remember that it was Jennifer Lawrence I don't remember the other ones yeah so 
I think Jennifer Lawrence was the most um, prominent of the celebrities whose photos got leaked. Yeah, so, because she also got like viciously attacked. Yeah, so here's the thing. This happened in 2014, and we still refer to it by its little portmanteau name of the fappening. Mm-hmm. Um, guys were all over the internet. Guys and girls, I should say, all over the internet. Don't worry, bro, I got you. I screenshot them. Don't worry. Uh, the View did a whole segment about how you should know that if your picture, you're a celebrity, your pictures are going to leak. Just don't take them. And Whoopi Goldberg also shamed Bella Thorne a while exactly. ago for the same thing. For the exact same thing. Um, and let's think about the fact that even if women, even if something doesn't leak and they're not nudes, if a woman dresses even slightly provocatively, she gets shit on all kinds. Mm-hmm. So I want to understand, <laughs> and we're not going to be able to, but I want to understand why does Chris Evans get you guys? He has anxiety. Don't do this. And Jennifer Lawrence gets, you fucking whore, how dare you try and keep your long-distance relationship alive by taking pictures? Kill yourself, die. I mean, we don't have the answer, but we do. It's sexism. No, for sure. But I mean, I don't understand why... Isn't it the same thing? It is. So why? <laughs> I, I think it just has to do with, like, with slut-shaming, obviously, that, like, if you, you're a woman and you took those pictures, ergo, you're a slut. Just like if you, you know, a woman puts herself out there and initiates sex, she's a slut. Same, same uh, paradigm. I mean, I, I don't know why. I just, I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand either, but I think... I think there was a bit, a lot of outpouring in the same Chris Evans hashtag about how it's great that you're doing this. We're not, we don't want, we don't want to disparage the fact that you're taking Chris Evans' privacy and feelings uh, so seriously. But like, maybe we could extend this same courtesy to women when this kind of thing happens. So I didn't see any of that, by the way. Okay, well, there was a tweet. There was a couple of tweets in the hashtag, and then I personally, <laughs> and then I personally retweeted. Something from uh, Kat Dennings from Two Broke Girls. Mm-hmm. And she tweeted, uh, one second, she tweeted, the public respect for Chris Evans' privacy slash feelings is wonderful. Wouldn't it be nice if it extended to women when this kind of thing happens? Yeah. Okay, because I hadn't seen any of that when I saw it. And I was like, what the fuck, everybody? And that got 34,000 shares. So. Yeah. And so the fact, also now, the update, the fact that Chris Evans can now laugh about it and say, oh, now that I have your attention, please vote on November 3rd. Mm-hmm. So everyone's pretty much forgotten about this. Yeah. And yet the thing that happened in 2014 has its own Wikipedia page. It does? Yeah. That's so gross. And there was a guy whose pictures got leaked in 2014, by the way, but I bet you can't name who he is. Clearly not. Exactly. So what the fuck, people? Do better. To be better. Even though you know that when when and if I mean it's more of a when than an if, but when and if that does this does happen again to a woman, all of this is out the window, and it's still we're we're still gonna slut shame her. Oh, I'm so annoyed. I'm so. I think it's because and it's also it's it's like the age old thing about um you know boys will be boys, but girls have to know and do better. Like we expect more of them. And then we do have men. So it's like, oh, men, we expect men to take dick pics. Like, what What can you do? But girls sorry, should know better. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Stop taking pictures of your dick. <laughs> Unless explicitly asked by a girl. Pretty much. 
And I've talked to a lot of girls. Nobody has ever said, oh, my God, penises are beautiful. <laughs> like, stop sending girls pictures of your penis. I mean, that's... Especially if they haven't asked for them. In terms of heterosexual relationships, yes, it's pretty gross. Don't even get me started on the shit I've seen on Grindr. Eh, I know. You wonder why I don't want to join it. Okay, well, that's a different story. But I just... Yeah, so it's... I I think I agree with you completely. It's It's this idea that we have in our heads that, oh, boys will be boys. They're gross. They're gonna take pictures of their penises. What can you do? Yeah. Girls, we raised you better than that. Come on. But, like... Why are we punishing girls? And this brings us directly to this episode. Why are we punishing girls for having sex or being sexual? Mm-hmm. You think these guys are doing this on their own? Yeah. I just. I mean, it's such a frustrating time for me. It's. Fr- I get why it's frustrating, and also it's just like, how is a picture of someone's penis not equated to? whatever a woman would take a picture of like to me a picture of a penis is, is is more explicit than anything a woman would send in my from my experience which is not very much because clearly i'm not interested in having a woman send me anything the homosexual is speaking everyone please yes the homosexual agenda <laughs> no but i mean i don't know it's just oh, oh, i'm so annoyed i'm so annoyed and and let me be clear again, it's not annoyance at Chris Evans, like it happens, whatever. Yes, I think it's great that we wanted to protect him, but we should act that way with everyone. These are human beings whose privacy should not be invaded. Yes. And you shouldn't blame them. No. And I think we should post that clip. It's I think it's worth worth posting the clip of Whoopi Goldberg talking about Bella Thorne. I mean, I don't support or like Bella Thorne because she's made a lot of ridiculous decisions, especially even recently. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's not at all in support of Bella Thorne, considering then she then went on some kind of weepy rant on social media saying, Whoopi, I hope you're happy. Look what you've done to me. It's like, and to be fair, it was a disgusting rant that it was. Whoopi went on. I think in general, I don't think it's it's fair to shame a girl for you know taking nudes, so to speak. But at the same time, I'd also I also don't want to condone anything Bella Thorne does in general. So I think it's a slippery slope. Yeah, but I feel like you can you can you can not be okay with what Whoopi said, but still not support Bella Thorne. I don't like exactly. Bella Thorne either. Somewhere but, in the middle of like, I don't support Whippy's rant if it applies when it applies to any girl or woman. Exactly. I, I also don't support <laughs> any any choice that Bella Thorne has made as of late. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's not too much to say. Fine, I don't I don't like the person, but this shouldn't happen to any woman or any man, really, for for that matter. But I yes, mean, the, exactly. shame, the shaming usually goes hand in hand with women. Mm-hmm. But the reason I say we should post the clip is because not because I condone Whippy's behavior, but because. It's such a classic example of victim shaming. Yeah. And victim blaming. Yeah. That like it couldn't it's it's textbook victim shaming. Yeah. We're not going to go after the people that leaked these nudes and invaded privacy. We're going to go after the girl who took the pictures. Exactly. And I feel like didn't weren't other people at the table on that episode like trying to point that out like let's not all put all the blame on the victim and she's like wasn't listening. Yeah, so the problem that I have with that also is because her co-host 
chimed in and said, well, listen, she's a young girl and this happens and no, no, no. And she was like, no, no, I don't care how young you are. Like, fuck off, Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi said a lot of, like, controversial, not okay things. And it's like, she's still been there so long, you know? It's just... That's also something I don't understand. Because, have we talked about this before, but cancel culture in general? Vaguely. We haven't actually gotten into it. Yeah, but we're not gonna today because it's a whole thing. But I... So I don't really believe in cancel culture. Nor do I. In the sense that you should try and ruin somebody because of something they said or did. So I'd like to just interrupt. I'd like yeah, to say I don't believe I don't believe in cancel culture. I believe in consequence culture. There you go. I was, that's where I was going in my very long-winded answer. And I feel like people conflate the two and they're not the same. They I, feel like not can, the same. I feel like cancel culture is you suck. You did one thing wrong. You're never going to recover. People, little like 14 year olds on social media be like, you're canceled. Huh? Like that to me is cancel culture. Consequence culture is you did a really shitty thing. Everyone yeah. found out about it. You're suffering consequences. And that's how the, and that's how things go, because you deserve yeah. to suffer consequences from these horrendous actions. Yeah. And I think the difference, the main difference is that between the two is that the redemption is allowed in one of them. Yeah. So, like, if you did something or said something stupid and you come out with a genuine apology and you're like, I want to learn, I want to do better. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, there's still going to be consequences for what you said. You might lose some fans. You might lose some whatever sponsorships, ads, whatever the fuck it may be. But I'm not like disregarding you completely. Exactly. Whereas in cancel culture, they're like, she said what? No, never again. Not happening. Not supporting her. Whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, in general, I don't believe in cancel culture. Um, like you said, I believe in... It's a really nice term, by the way. Consequence culture. Um, but I do think that some of the things that Whoopi Goldberg has said in relation to women or um, in reference to her friend, Bill Cosby... Oh, my God. I, I was going to say that. Can we? Did, did we talk about how she defended Bill Cosby to the bone? Yeah, so here's the thing. She defended Bill Cosby. Like, she was willing to go down in flames for Bill Cosby... And she pretty much did, because even when it actually came out, she was like, didn't really say much. Yeah, but, and people have done way less and have gotten fired or canceled. You know what I mean? So, um, so where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, so I'm going, I'm going here. (laughs) Um, I don't believe in cancel culture, but it amazes me that there aren't even consequences sometimes. Exactly. I find it's like one or the other. It's like people think that the that the consequences they're suffering is because oh, it's we live in an, in an era of social media where awareness and everyone's watching. So like you're canceled, you're not coming back. It's like no, no. It's like that backlash then leads to consequences that you should probably face because you did a bad thing. Exactly. Um, I don't know. So for me, it's it seems that every time Whoopi says something. She always prefaces it. Let's just, let's not talk about Whoopi in general. But I feel like when, when people are talking about women's issues like this, they're all like, listen, I'm all for women and I love women. But, you know, if you took that picture, no, no, no. Like, they never get fucking consequences. No. And it's so ridiculous to me. And not to say that I think Chris Evans should suffer consequences for an, an accident or the fact that he took the picture. No, like, I'm not like, let's not shame it. 
let's not shame anyone for taking pictures like that. Not at all. Um, but I think just, in, I think it was just strange. And obviously a lot of people took notice of the fact that like we, we jumped from the fact that he, he, this happened to him and all of his fans and his defenders just were like, wanted to block him. Like, as if like, you know, your, your clothes fell off in public and all your friends just cover you, you know? Uh, it's such a weird, there's so many angles to look at the story from, and it just, it, it makes my head spin no matter which angle I, I look at it from. But I will say, from what I saw in the in the gay community on Twitter, mm. um, I think if the, the backlash from his fans had been a little, like, hadn't been as strong in terms of, like, let's fill the, ta- let's fill the hashtag with pictures of his dog and him being nice and all of this charitable action that he does... Um, I feel like I feel like the, the I feel like the the gay people on Twitter with lots of followers would have been like a bit more harsh with their jokes and their like staring emojis kind of thing. Yeah. But honestly, the, it was it was kind of all to a minimum from what I saw. And but I have to say, my favorite tweet in that uh, genre of Twitter was from Chris Evans' brother, Scott Evans. Oh, I didn't see it. Tell me who is gay, by the way. Um, and I'm going to look it up right now because I don't want to uh, paraphrase. But oh, he okay. tweeted, so it was like, a, I think it was the next day or a few days later. And he said, uh, let me find on it. Day. Here, it was, so it was on, when was it? That was on, oh, so it was on Sunday. Okay. And he tweeted, was off social media for the day yesterday. So, what I miss? Ah, cheeky little fucker. <laughs> and, like, that's all he said, and that's all pretty much anyone said, because then when Chris Evans returned to social media, he was like, so, this happened, let's vote. Yeah. Which is what he should be doing, because, like, you need to vote, by the way. Please, for the love of God. Please. <laughs> so, all of that to say... Um, let's not shame anyone for taking pictures like that. And the next time this sort of thing happens to a woman, because it's bound to happen, um, let's extend that level, of gen- that level of generosity and courtesy to women. Exactly. I just want to see, like, all I all I wanted to get at with this is I want to see the same level of, like, empathy yeah, where, exactly. where women are concerned. Okay? Not like, even, not- yeah, not even just generosity, just, like, empathy. Like, that, you, you wouldn't want that to happen to you. So, like, if, you know, if your bathing suit falls off in public and your friends all, you know, block you, kind of extend that courtesy to when this thing happens to a woman. Exactly. All I want to say is be decent. Like, exactly. you know, like, <laughs> the only reason we don't judge you for the weird things you do is because you're not known, right? Exactly. So just because they're celebrities or whatever it is they are, known celebrities, dealer celebrities, I don't fucking care. Just extend the same courtesy and be be a little bit more empathetic. Okay. I don't think I don't think we're asking too much. I don't think so either. Okay. Okay. So that was on my mind, and it was funny that 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 happened this weekend, and I was having those thoughts, and then those thoughts got reinforced when we were watching this episode because. The big one. The big one. Refers to Paris having sex for the first time and trying to come to terms with, I don't know, she's feeling guilty. She's feeling, she's feeling like she's being punished because she had sex. And um, I just, 
I don't understand the level of craziness surrounding women and sex. Like, why does it get people in such a tizzy that women are sexual beings? And honestly, we had been discussing this prior to our discussion of this episode. Hmm. Uh, our official discussion, anyway, and um, I personally had never—I personally never even thought of this episode in that context until you and others started pointing it out, and I was like, like I like I always got I always got the conflation, but I was like, only now watching it for analysis, you know, I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, um, I think I think what this episode does a really good job of is making girls and young adults in that time that we're watching it feel very seen. Yeah. Because as much as there's like, okay, high school drama and like whatever boy drama and this and that, um, there aren't a lot of times where you're like, Oh, I can relate to this in the show. Right. Yeah. Um, to a scenario in general, yes, to the characters, but maybe like a, a a specific scene or a specific plot point, sometimes Mm -hmm. a little bit harder. And I think this episode does a really good job of making, even if you were watching it back then and you weren't having sex, but you hear the discourse around sex for a girl, um, uh, you know, Paris calling herself a slut because she slept with her boyfriend who she loves and she's 18, you know, like all these things, I feel like a lot of girls can relate to. And I think even in 2003, it was, I'm not going to say avant-garde, but it was, it was much, much less um, talked about and discussed as we do today, I would think. Yeah. And I think, I think the reason it was much more brave to have this discussion back then is because now with social media and everyone documenting whatever, and things getting a little bit more provocative and sexualized, I think people just assume that everyone's having sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not as talked about it as a, in a taboo way. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely still think girls and young girls especially feel the pressure. I think that pressure is always going to be there. For just sure. Histor- just historically. Yeah. Um, but I think in 2003, when we're still talking about good girls versus bad girls, which is what Paris usually, which is what Paris says in her very failed speech. Um, it's it's really, really hard. No, I just think it's very hard to watch Paris struggle with this and knowing that girls are still struggling with this, but they would yeah. have been struggling with it much more in 2003. Does that make sense? It does. And I think even, I think you could probably, we could probably also argue that, um, yes, things have changed since 2003, but they also haven't. So I think this struggle and this pressure that girls face is universal regardless of how old you are, how old this episode is. So yeah. I think, I mean, yes, I would like to believe some things have changed since 2003, but also, unfortunately, they haven't. So the thing is, I, you know, it's 2020 and we're all like girl power and feminism and we're not scared to say that we're feminists anymore. But in a lot of ways, I think women still feel a lot of pressure Mm-hmm. Because if you call yourself a feminist, you ugh, you don't like men. You're a lesbian. Oh, if, you know that that old saying. <laughs> uh, you're a man hating woman. You know, um, 
if you if you sleep with somebody, you're a slut. If you don't, you're a prude. If you dress a certain way, you're a whore. If you show too much, ang- like you know, it's just it's too much. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, yes, we've come we've come a long way. But in others, I feel like things are still the same. Exactly. Like we we have come a long way, and we also haven't. We also we still we also still have a long way to go. Yeah, I always feel like it's one step forward, two steps back. It is. And. I would like that to change. And can I just say, in regards to your um, man hating feminist label? Yeah. Sorry, um, because I got that once, you know? Yeah, it's Somebody no, it's, flat out asked me, Are you a feminist? And I'm like, uh, Yeah. And they're like, Oh, so you don't like men? Oh, Lord. Oh, what that means. It's funny that you say that, though, because anytime someone mentions man hating feminist or something along the lines of feminist means you hate men. Yeah, I think of um, this waiter who used to work in the restaurant where I worked, mm. and it was it was a small wait staff. There was only like four like four waiters in total, I would say. And he used to work on the weekends when I worked, and I was I was cl- I was close friends with two of the waitresses, and he was just very. I'm not gonna say he was creepy all the time, but he just didn't really know where to draw the line sometimes, and like didn't he would always be joking and like didn't really understand or know when his jokes were inappropriate or not funny or not just, like, time and place, you know? But again, boys will be boys, right? Yeah, and, like, it was kind of, and, like, in retrospect, it was kind of weird how, like, the boss would get creeped out and then, but he still wouldn't say anything because, oh, he's just a man. Ugh. Like, it was, like, in in retrospect, we they could have done better. Um, But it's just funny because he would say those things and then, would also say other things that would make you think that he supports, like he like he would say contradictory things that make that would completely make no sense with his creepy jokes, and then later he once told us a story about how at his last job, um, he, like he complimented like a girl's dress or something, and she complained that he was being like creepy or inappropriate, and so he said that oh well she's she's a typical man hating feminist and went on this whole rant about her. And then it was like, as he was leaving out the door, and once he left, I turned to my friend, and I'm like, so we agree that that woman had right to report him, right? Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, we agree. Okay, good. Wrong thing. I don't know what it is, but sometimes I'm talking to people, and I'm like, oh, he was so creepy, he did this. And they're like, oh, that's not that bad. That's even worse, that you have to say that's not that bad. I, I hate that, because it's either you don't believe me, or it's like... Yes, you believe me, but that behavior is so accepted that we're just going to glaze over it. Well, neither of which is acceptable. Yeah, like I once told my family members that I that, that somebody whistled at me on the street. Ugh. And I was like, yo, I felt so gross. And they're like, oh, relax. I know. And I'm like, are you serious? Ugh, anyways, I can't. I can't deal with it. <laughs> and per- and personally, let me just, like, I don't know, like, did was it your mom who said that? Or your like, was it a man who told you to relax? It was both. It was a man and a woman. Okay, so I was going to say, like, from, from my perspective, like, when I was younger, I didn't really understand why girls would were, would be so up in arms when they get whistled at or catcalled. Like, I didn't understand it at all when I was younger. Yeah. And, like, but now I realize that, like, and I, even if I still don't completely understand it, like, it's not mine to understand. Like, that would never happen to me. So it's not, it's, like, all, all I have to do is understand that you don't like that. And yeah. you have, that's completely your right to be offended by it. You know yeah. I mean? It's also just like, no, I don't think any woman has ever responded to that. 
No, and like I and like Tim, like obviously now when I as I'm older, like I realize it's creepy. Yeah, like you're standing. You're allowed to be offended by it. Yeah, you're standing across the street whistling at me. Like, what do you think I'm gonna do? Drop my pants right there? Ugh. Tell you to come and get it? Like what? <laughs> I'm just I'm ugh, whatever. <laughs> like no great love story has started with you guys. I whistled at your mom and it was love at first sight. Oh my god. Like, none, none, no, that's never happened. <laughs> All I'm getting right now is a visual of you on the street singing Come and Get It by Selena Gomez when someone whistles at you. <laughs> no. Um, when you're ready, come and get it. No, 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 okay. <laughs> no, no, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, that's also a very gross song. It is. Agreed. Why Why would he come and get it? He when wouldn't. He's ready. <laughs> So shall we talk about Kirk and the mailman? Okay, so I don't know if you guys know this, but it's actually really hard to become a mail carrier in the United States of America. Especially now, I would think, no? Oh my god, now especially. Fix fix, fix whatever's going on with the USPS, please. But, Just, like, fix your whole country, because I'm very okay, mystified. Okay, well, I wasn't going to go there, but... Um, no, no, it's actually, I looked it up, it's actually super fucking hard to get a job as a postal worker, and they're really coveted jobs, because they're government jobs, too. Mm-hmm. So I do not understand how Kirk got this job. I mean, Kirk kind of weasels his way into a lot of jobs, so I'm not completely surprised, but if the process is that difficult, then, you know. But then again, it starts hollow, so... Yeah, so I would think that if anybody was going to go through the process, it would probably be him. He has so much time on his hands, it's ridiculous. It's like, oh, one for Kirk. Like, do that later. I'm going to punch you. I was so annoyed with him. Can you imagine your mailman delivering your fucking mail? He's like, oh, my bill is here. I'm like, oh, didn't she die? You're supposed to stop mail when you die. That's why you fucking sort the mail beforehand, Kirk. Oh, whatever. Um, also, acceptance letters used to come in the mail. How shitty is that? They don't still come in the mail? No. I mean, my okay, well, mine okay, came in the they mail. They do, but you can find out online first. True. I mean, I got, like, for me, when I got into university, I got a letter and the email the same week. Okay, so I got my, le- I got my, what did I get? I got notice online, and then they gave, they sent me, like, a packet, a welcome packet. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think two weeks apart. Can you imagine if I still had to wait for two weeks? I know. But when I got into CJEP, I, j- I just got a letter. I didn't get an email or any online notification. Oh, no. I just, I online for me. In- interesting. All this to say, can you imagine waiting and waiting and waiting? <laughs> I mean, before, I think anybody who's listening who was, you know, in college before the internet could probably be like, yeah, what? No, I understand. But I already have problems with anxiety. Okay. If I had to check the mailbox every day, to be fair, I was refreshing my fucking browser every day, every hour. Oh, Lord. It's just an uh, an overall anxiety-producing thing. I mean, for me personally, I would be like, I have no control of when when it'll it'll arrive or not arrive, so I wouldn't... Yeah, so you would think I'd be like that, too. And I would try my best to say that, right? I'm like, it's out of my hands. I can't do anything. But I would still fucking freak out. And just sit and click refresh, refresh, refresh. Basically. Should we talk about um, Luke not kicking out those three at the restaurant? Okay. 
as annoying as that scene was with the new menus, it was also very funny. How can everyone else get the new menu? I'm going to kick you in the face. Okay, so here's something really fun. I remember watching this scene with my dad. I remember it vividly. Mm-hmm. And I remember him laughing so, so much. <laughs> so maybe I, maybe the reason I'm not as annoyed as a lot of people when they watch a scene, because it's not the first time I've heard that people are annoyed with the scene, um, is because I just have a very fond memory of it. <laughs> But, yes, I mean it, it is com- I mean it is comical because you know that Lorelai is doing it on purpose. Yeah. So, and then what else? The other thing I wanted to say is that it just it one hundred percent shows their relationship in a nutshell. Like Luke is so annoyed by her, but you can tell adores her, mm-hmm. and would make her whatever the fuck she wanted on the menu, anyways. Yeah. And she just loves to fuck with him. <laughs> So it's just their relationship in a nutshell, and that's what I like about it. But yes, it's, it is it is very annoying. Um, if somebody were to ask me how come everybody gets a new menu, I would like whip the I would like whip the menu at her face and walk away. Oh my god! But three more salads because of Nicole. Interesting. Uh, like that's such that's, that's like such a man thing to do. Like, ooh, you need more salads. <laughs> oh. So here's the thing: we didn't actually, we didn't actually get to to hear what Nicole said, right? Obviously, but um, do you think she actually asked for salads, or he was just like, Nicole's a woman; she can't eat a lot of things on this menu. Let me add salads. The latter. Yeah, eh? it's such a Luke thing. I'm and not also, gonna, I'm not gonna communicate. We're just gonna assume she eats salad. Exactly, and just the fact that so much of Luke and Nicole's relationship takes place off screen—that's what just bothered. That's what bothers me the most about their relationship. Yeah. No, I agree. I think um, as of now, I think we've only had like three scenes with them. Mm-hmm. So the two scenes where they talk and he asks her out and then the other scene where they come home from their date. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, I think it would be a lot easier for fans to swallow when they're watching this if we could see a little bit more. Because there's so much action that happens with them, but we don't we see like so little of it. Yeah. And I wonder why that is, to be honest with you. Maybe because they're boring. It could be. But I mean, <laughs> they gave us so much fucking Luke. Um, not Luke. Alex. See, I forgot his name. I was like, literally when you said Alex, I'm like, who's Alex? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't know why they did that. I don't know if they did that purposely. I don't know if they did that because the actress had another obligation. I don't know. But it seemed it always seemed weird to me that their relationship took place off screen. And considering they like they and they did end up using the character for a lot, like plotline wise, in terms of they they later get married and break up, and she then he like get, gets arrested. Yeah, he has a breakdown and whatnot. Yeah, no, I don't. I always found that weird. And we don't see Nicole for any of it, so I think I don't even know. Like to me, maybe like you said, maybe the actress had another obligation, or like she was just signed on for a guest role. And only did only filmed what she was, you know, only filmed what she said she was going to film. And then they ended up just using that same character for whatever the hell they wanted. I don't know, but it always seemed really odd to me that they would make a character such a big part of his life and then go like, okay, bye. Yeah. We're not even going to see you for any of it. Like, I wonder if the actress like, oh, yeah, I was on Gilmore Girls. How'd that go? Yeah. I (laughs) I don't know. Can you imagine she's saying, like, oh, I was on Gilmore Girls, and everyone's like, how? Why? <laughs> In what episode? 
I follow her on Twitter. Maybe I'll ask her. Mm, then she'll block you. Yeah, um, <laughs> okay, so it's the return of Brad again. Again. Again, because this is the second time that Brad comes back. Poor Brad. Poor Brad. But do you know that the actor who plays Brad? Yes. Um, his name is Adam Wiley. Mm-hmm. He actually did leave Gilmore Girls to star on Broadway. Interesting. He actually did star in Into the Woods. So I guess they wrote that in verbatim. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they actually called him winningly naive, but he did star in Into the Woods. He was also a magician. Really? He was also on, he voiced a character on Hey Arnold. Oh. I love that. I loved that show. I fucking love that show. (laughs) And probably the most shining moment on his CV, his resume, if you will. He was a former Crayola spokesperson. Oh my God, really? Yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I don't know in what order these things happen. <laughs> but hey, I'd put Crayola spokesperson over Gilmore Girls any day. I wouldn't. <laughs> Fucking Crayola. I'm so jealous. You know what? I'm 28 years old and I'm still jealous of the kids that had, you know, the big Crayola box? Yeah. With a sharpener? Mm-hmm. I'm still like, you rich bastards. <laughs> or the kids with the scented markers. Like, fuck oh, off. Oh, yes, those scented markers. Bastards. Okay, we can't talk about this because I'm going to cry. <laughs> um, yeah, so he was actually winningly naive. Um, and I love that he comes back with this, like, blasé attitude. And he's like, you can't hurt me anymore, Paris. Oh, but she can. Oh, yeah, she can. Because <laughs> Paris can be such a bully when she wants to be. Like, even to Rory in the beginning of this episode, she's like... Such a twat. Not just to Rory. You know what she's walking down the hallway, that scene where she's, like, commenting on everyone's fucking speeches or their braces or whatever? And that's just nasty. Yeah, you're just a mean person. But I still love her. I think she's taking out all of her own inner anger on everybody else, obviously. That's, like, textbook bully. So the thing is, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. You can really see that she's very insecure. Not about her speech, like Rory says. But I think as a person, she's just very insecure. And we see that later. And we've talked about this before. And we're going to talk about it again. Because it's such a typical Paris thing. And Um, I love that, like, I love, like I said before, I love how the bubble is burst when we see her again in season four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, it's just, Brad, you got your beans? And you're like, oh, shut up, Paris! (laughs) (laughs) I think I think my favorite Paris uh, snarky line this episode was, you're going to move or you need a five, six, seven, eight. Oh, my God. She's too funny. Also, her song was really good. But <laughs> I don't know. It's just she's terrorizing the entire student body. It's so mean, but yet it's so on brand for her. Yeah, and you're like, you, you want it, You want to get pissed, but you're also like, yes, Paris. Yeah, I know. It just points to how insecure she is. Mm-hmm. But somehow she still makes the character lovable, and I don't know. That just speaks to her acting skills, too, right? Yes, for sure. Okay, let's talk about the bun in the oven. Oh, boy. Suki and Jackson are still the worst. Okay, so I literally wrote the same thing. I wrote, Suki and Jackson are still an awful couple. <laughs> um, so Suki finds out she's pregnant in a really weird way. So her food tastes off, and people, diners, send it back. And she's, like, so offended. She's very offended, but apparently it is very sewery, whatever the fuck that means. 
Um, and then she realizes that she's pregnant because her taste buds are off, which begs the question, are your taste buds off for the entirety of your pregnancy? Because then you can't be a chef. True. I would hope not. Jesus. But I do have to say that I think the writers had a lot of fun making creative, like creative situations where Suki finds out she's pregnant. Um, are they fun though? Or are they really bad sometimes? Like, they're not, and when I say creative, I don't necessarily mean, like, fun. I mean, like, offbeat, quirky, you know, signature Gilmore Girls kind of way. Yeah, so very on-brand Stars Hollow. Yes. Um, Yeah, so I agree. I think this was a funny way to find out. It was very cute. I think the second time she finds out was also hilarious. Yeah. Um, The third time, not so great. (laughs) No, I think I got old by that point. Yeah, um, and I understand they did it because Melissa McCarthy in real life was actually pregnant, mm-hmm. but um, not great, yeah. but we will talk about that later. Um, so Jackson and Suki are still very bad at communicating, it seems. It seems. It is obvious. And only gets worse. So uh, Suki tells Jackson and Jackson's reaction is, oh boy, <laughs> over and over again. And he starts crunching the numbers on if they can afford a baby. And my fucking question to you is, couldn't you crunch the numbers before you decided you wanted four and four? True. Couldn't you talk about an expansion before you decided to have baby? Yeah, riddle me that, bitch. Couldn't you talk about the butcher knife, the cleaver, whatever the fuck it was, that he he fucking wields at them? Couldn't you talk about that before... Like, I don't know, for me, watching Gilmore Girls the first few times, you, you like, you never really pick up on it. But yeah. now, having seen it so many times, and now you, we're analyzing it, it's like, Jackson is just annoying. And not in a quirky, cute, Stars Hollow kind of way. No, so, well, I don't know about that. But I still think he's, he's he has his moments where he's funny, and yes, sometimes he's annoying. But he I think has his moments, kinda... but he gets, he gets more annoying as time goes on, I think. Yeah. Oh, well, definitely. But I think this is one of those times where I'm just like, I'm so annoyed by the fact that, not that you're freaking out, because I think it's normal sometimes for men to freak out, um, especially if this was a surprise. It looked like a surprise, right? Mm-hmm. But you literally told her five episodes episodes ago that you wanted four and four. Mm-hmm. It shows me that you didn't put any thought into anything. Just like you didn't think like, oh, well, how will this affect my wife's body? Or like, you know her career or whatever. We talked about that at length in that episode. You didn't think about your finances beforehand? No, and oh boy, crunch the numbers and like, hide the the meat cleaver. It's just, uh, I'm like, Jackson, come on. I was rooting for you. And it's weird, and it's weird and and it proves how little thought he gave four and four. Like, I want kids. I have to impregnate my wife. My job's done. But the, 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 we said that last time, too. I think it's really easy for men to just say, yeah, I want this many kids. Let's get on it. Yeah. And this just proves that you didn't, Jackson, and didn't put any thought into it. What it's do you mean it takes do. nine months to get a baby? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't stress enough how annoyed I am with men in this episode. <laughs> This this podcast episode, this Gilmore Girls episode, this episode of Life, all yeah. of the above. Yeah. I don't know. From fucking Chris Evans' dick to this, I don't know anymore what's happening. I just, 
I'm annoyed. Maybe I am man-hating feminists. <laughs> you know what? Rightfully so. Men suck. Mm. Um, yeah. Not, so not just, just, though. Okay, relax. There's no just in this episode. Were you sad? I, you know, I'm all, anytime there's no just, I'm sad. Just, that just, that's just a fact everyone needs to know. All right. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Max and Norlai. Honestly, bringing back Max in this episode feels really random. So, not just this episode, bringing him back at all was really random, no? And I think, to me, Max and Lorelai was so insignificant that I forget that he comes back in season three. But the reason I think you forget is because we've moved on as a fan base, no? Yeah, and also, I don't know if I've, I don't know if I made this clear back in season two, but Max and Lorelai, like, the least, Lorelai's worst couple, worst pairing, worst men, whatever you want to call it. Even Alex? Okay, but, like, Alex was there for two seconds. Like, who's Alex? Nobody cares. She's like, still technically dating him. But he's not, he's not like, notable. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I'm just teasing you. Like, who's <laughs> Alex? Nobody cares. Like, sorry, Charlie. No. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I don't know why they brought him back either. Part of me thinks they wanted to do more and then decided against it. Part of me thinks they were like, I think fans are getting bored with Alex. Let's throw in a curveball. I think that for sure. And part of me thinks they just wanted to create some suspense. Yeah, both of those things. I also think that there was not a lot of closure the first yeah, round. There's no closure now either. And like, yeah, but like, did we did we really need closure? Like, was was that going to make or break our, you know, viewing experience? No. So we talked about it in season two, the fact that they never got closure, right? And we're yeah. like, oh, it would have been nice for them to have a scene, but we've moved on as a fan. Yeah. Um, as a fandom <laughs> like it's not going to change anything in our lives the fact that you guys didn't get closure right so I don't know oh, I'm just annoyed like he comes back they kiss he said well no first he says he's over it and then they kiss and he's clearly not over it but True. then part of me thinks yes he is it's just like she's talking about how she did actually love him I don't know what to think anymore. So I think, I don't think that Max is over it. I think Lorelai's over it, but she's just immature and seasoned again. It's like, ooh, Max, kiss. Ugh. Like, you know, so there's no. He was, you know, when she was talking about how they didn't get closure and how um, I never, she was telling him, I never really got to explain my reasons. And he's like, you didn't love me. She's like, no, I don't think I didn't love you. By the way, I think that's true. I don't think she didn't love him. I think she loved him, but I think she was just too immature to get married. Yes. Um, and you know, I don't want you to hate me. Now I know where Rory gets it from. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. If it wasn't clear before, it's totally clear yeah, now. Yeah, I, I always kind of knew because her mother's really the same way. But now it's just like, you really, really see it. They need to be liked. And so what was the point? Because I think, I also think Lorelai is over it, right? Yeah. But what was the point? Was it to prove something to yourself? Was it to, 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 was it because you're not happy in your current relationship? Like, what was the point of this kiss? I want to know. You're just fucking him up. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I, I think in general, there's a lot of unre like unresolved issues between Max and Lorelai. Just like in general, the writers, I'm not going to say dropped the ball, but they. No, they dropped the ball. 
Uh, okay, I would say they, they didn't really know what, which direction they wanted to go, and they thought, like, let's just play it out organically, and it didn't work. Well, just like Jackson, you should have crunched the numbers before. Yeah, and also I think you're right. You were right to say that they wanted some suspense, and they didn't know they didn't know where to take Lorelai's love life following Alex. So it was like, ooh, Max. Yeah, and the thing that always bugs me about this scene is that Lorelai's talking about, oh, Max, you know, I treated you terribly. I should have sent you a note. You're gonna send him a note? A, <laughs> a note? No, but like a year later, it's done. What's done is done. It happened. It's over. Yeah. He seems like he's in a good place. Stop talking to him. And I think that's also a telltale sign of how immature Lorelai is. And we saw it much more in season two and we discussed it at length. But I think whenever like someone like Max, who marked that time of immaturity, comes back, she's like, ooh, I don't know how to deal with my feelings like an adult. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? We see, we see it every time Christopher re-enters her life, too, right? Exactly. She goes from have, being an adult who has her shit together to being an immature child all over again. I think she's. I think both things can be true. I think yeah. she's. she has her shit together in some respects, and in other respects, she never really does. Ugh, I can't. Which is an allegory for life at large. Oh, so wise, Jeffrey. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about C-SPAN. And the happening, the big one. The big the one. Okay, so first of all, do you know what C-SPAN stands for? I don't. Do you want to take a guess? Um, it's California Spansion. Oh my god, you're terrible at this. <laughs> Oh, you're going. That's your final answer, California expansion. Final answer, locked in. The fuck is expansion? Is that a word? I don't know. <laughs> English major, it's not. <laughs> California expansion. Oh. <laughs> that was literally off the top of my head. I have no idea. You don't say. <laughs> so it's gonna blow your mind since you came up with California expansion. <laughs> Cable Satellite Public Affairs Network. Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. It makes more sense than California Spanish. I have no idea what that means. Cable, yeah, that makes sense. California Spanish. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, that was so funny. I needed that. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, where would we be if I couldn't make her laugh and you could all listen to that? Oh my god, that was so funny. Okay, California Spanish. I have to stop thinking about it or else I'm going to burst into laughter again. Um, so the speech... <laughs> the speech is going to be televised on C-SPAN. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, Paris and Rory get picked to do the speech together. Which makes sense. Yes, it does. Um, but what doesn't make sense is Paris flip-flopping on their friendship all the time. No, and I think, um, I think I've said this before, but, um, the way that Paris does flip-flop on their friendship, I think, is also a sign of how insecure she is, and when she gets very mean and in her bully, you know, phase, um... She that's she doesn't really like she doesn't I'm not, I'm not gonna say she doesn't mean it but like she doesn't mean it to hurt Rory I think she means it that she's insecure and a little immature and doesn't really know how to 
properly deal with her emotions. Yeah, you know what comes to mind every time I, I see Paris terrorizing people is she wants to hurt before she gets hurt. Exactly. She wants to beat, to, to beat you to it because if she can hurt you, then she doesn't have to get hurt by you. Yeah. And she doesn't have to deal with that. I think a lot of bullies, not not even in, in you know the schoolyard. I think a lot of bullies in in life are like that. In general, yeah. Like I mean, I'm gonna hurt. I I've been hurt so much. I'm gonna hurt everybody else before they can hurt me. Yeah, and I think in a certain. I'm not a psychologist, but but I think to a certain extent, bullies, um, people who think like that also think like it'll it'll make me feel better to make them feel the way they make me feel sometimes. Yeah. Um. So Paris, in this case, was really hurt by what she thought Rory did to her. So now she wants to hurt her. Exactly. And make her life a living hell. Um, but I do have to say, I hate when people talk about what a bad friend Rory is. Mm-hmm. Because she's such a good friend. <laughs> in this instance, yes. Yeah, no. Like, don't get me wrong. There's instances where I want to shake her and be like, this is no bueno. But there's others, like this time, where I'm just like... What other person would let you come over after you treat her like shit? And confide in her like that. And confide in her and then comfort you backstage after you had this meltdown and ruined her chance of being on C-SPAN. You know what I mean? Yeah. Roy Gilmore is far from flawless, but in this episode, she's a saint. Yo, in this episode, it's women coming together to help women, and I love it. Yeah. Even the way Lorelai goes backstage and she's like, I'm here if you need me, take your time, you know? Yeah. Um, Paris had sex. <laughs> and <she wants laughs> Spoilies. Spoilies. And she wants to debate the pros and cons of having sex. I mean, I think it's a bit late there. Yeah, because it was already in you. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> she went there, too, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry. But it happened, right? So <laughs> you, you should have made a pro-con list beforehand, no? Yeah. But I like what Rory tells her. You can't plan these things sometimes. Foreshadow. Yeah, well, let's not go there because I'll cry. <laughs> um, I, we, we decided before recording this episode that we're going to tread lightly here because next week we're putting out a bonus episode um, interviewing a journalist who wrote a piece on this subject. Spoilies. That- Spoilies, but that we also posted a while ago on Instagram that you can go read. It's a great piece, but we want to discuss it with her a little bit. But basically, this whole conversation and the reactions surrounding sex in this episode makes me feel icky. <laughs> icky. That's a, that's a good, yeah, I'll take that. Icky. You'll take it? Like, there's no other word to describe it. It makes me feel very uncomfortable. And like I said in the beginning, um, I actually didn't really see this episode that way until in, until I read that article, and then we discussed it outside of the podcast. And then uh, upon rewatching it today, I was like, "Wow, it's kind of hard not to see it." Can't yeah. look away. So you can't unsee it now. Yeah. So I think when you're younger, it's just like, "Oh my God, Paris is sex," and like it's a cautionary tale, or not really, but it's. They're like, Lorelai's looking at it as a cautionary tale, and then Rory's like, you're fine, you're not a slut, don't worry, you loved him. But it's very surface level when you're younger. Looking back on it now and knowing what I know and having read what I've read, it's just, icky is definitely the right word for it. Problematic, too. 
problematic. It's just uncomfortable. It equates women's sexuality with their morality. And it's just, it's, it's not a good way to talk about women or portray women. No. Um, so I don't know how much we want to talk about today since we are going to get into it next week. But we can talk about Paris's iconic meltdown. Yeah, so we can talk about that because that was epic. And, and I, will, I just have to say, I, I, like I've said um, before, season three is not my personal favorite, but I do think that season three has a lot of the show's best moments. And this, this is one of them. Yeah, so Paris's meltdown. Number one, super well acted. Could we agree? Yes. Number two... Um, kind of hard to watch. Yes, definitely. Because you can really feel her pain. Mm-hmm. And three, hard to watch because she's so hard on herself for having sex and she thinks she's being punished. <laughs> and four, no one deserved to go to Harvard more than Paris Geller. Right? So when she was talking in the uh, backstage, in the green room, I was going to say the green room as if this is a television show, but she, when she was talking backstage with Rory about how five generations of Gellers have gone to Harvard, um, that alone should have made her get into Harvard, no? Yeah. On top of her grades and her volunteer work and her having gone to Chilton since kindergarten. Like, you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. The only thing I can think is she bombed the interview. Do like, and we never really get more. Do we get any more clarification later on why she didn't get in, or just not really? No, we get. Um, we know which school she did get into, but we never, we never hear about why she didn't get into Harvard. And I don't think they really give you a reason either, right? No, and I think maybe in my head the only reason, like the reason why Harvard would have turned her down, maybe was because she was a bit too intense. Yeah, that's what I... Which is still not fair, because she, like, dedicated so much of her life to getting into Harvard. Yeah, no, I completely agree. But it's just, it's... To me, I'm like, knowing how blue blood society works, the name is everything, right? Yeah. So even if you're shitty and you don't show up to class... Oh my god, excuse me. <laughs> Jesus, sorry. Um, yeah, even if you're shitty, you have shitty grades, you don't show up to class, like, I know how Ivy Leagues work. Yeah. Trust fund babies always get in. They so, do. And it's weird. Be- and like, so I think they just must have not liked something about her because she says later, you know, five generations of Gellers have gone to Harvard. Yeah. And I, I do think if she had an interview, it would have been her interview. Yeah. So if we, like, again, it's, it's left up to the imagination and it's not really important in the long, in the long uh, term why she didn't get in it's just the fact that she didn't and everybody and having watched the show up until this point you know how dedicated Paris was to getting into Harvard and you can't help but feel sad like you said because no one deserved to get into Harvard more than her like she did all the work times 10 yeah it's just even even just thinking about it now I'm like it's just it's not fair (laughs) really not fair no I completely agree with you um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about poor Paris. Um, but the way she described that envelope that she got, sorry, Paris, we're not interested. Try again next year. Love, Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> Love, Harvard. Because, like, 
I, I again, don't know what it's like to receive uh, any kind of letter from an Ivy League school, but it's yeah. it's funny because I'm, I'm assuming they just, you know, lay it down like, you suck, we don't like you, ciao. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. So, love, Harvard, I'm sure, was the sentiment that everybody was looking for. Yep. But, yeah, it's really, um, it's kind of heartbreaking. Poor parents. Yeah. Since we know what comes later. But, anyways. Um, also, Paris, don't worry. Harvard fucked up because you become a doctor and a lawyer. True. So, joke's on them. And I do like how, I mean, we don't know it yet, and I'm probably jumping, jumping the gun here, but it's interesting, and it was good writing on the show's part, that for the first three seasons of this show, it's Harvard, Harvard, Harvard. And in the end, you know, life doesn't really go as as we planned all the time and Harvard is not in the equation for any of the characters. Yeah. So I love, that's a really good example of it, but I love how the show always has moments like that Mm -hmm. where you think one thing's going to happen. You've planned it all out and it doesn't. So Rory didn't plan on having sex with Dean. She did. Lorelai had planned to get together with Christopher. Sherry gets pregnant. Harvard, mm-hmm. Yale. Like, you know, little things like Rory plans to go on and be a journalist. It doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what makes the show really realistic, too. Also an allegory for life at large. Oh, good job, Jeffrey. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we don't want to get too into the sex of it all. Because, like I said, we're going to have a bonus episode coming out on Wednesday. Where we next talk, week. Of next week, where we talk to Samantha, who is the um, journalist who wrote that article. Um, it's it's on our Instagram, and I posted it on our Twitter. So go check it out if you want to know what we're going to be talking about. And we'll send the link out again before yes. the episode comes out. Absolutely. So you get a bonus episode this week, you guys. Yes. Um, and I do all- don't want that, Jeffrey. What do you mean? Because I'm too intense, remember? Oh, yes. So we've read some of our reviews, ladies and gentlemen, folks. Um, apparently, according... And I, only, and I only saw that one review you sent me because I couldn't find any more when I looked on that site. Oh. Um, I don't know. I, couldn't, I, I don't think I was using it right. But um, <laughs> <laughs> the one review that Eleni did send me said, like... Can I just say, I'm not upset by this review. I just think it's really funny. It's weird because it's like, um, it's positive and negative. It's like yeah, it's like a backhanded compliment. <laughs> like they praise they praise us in one sentence, and then they're like, "Yeah, I don't like this." In the next, oh my god, it's really funny. And I read it, and I was like, "Bitch!" <laughs> so read it, and then I'll tell you why I'm not upset. Yes. So um, this review in question says, "So I'm obsessed with Gilmore Girls, and I would like to say." I agree with a lot of... I, I would agree with a lot that Eleni says. Dean is annoying as fuck. Thank you. Um, I do feel at times the first half hour isn't even about the episode they're going to cover, which can be frustrating. That's true. Also, <laughs> Eleni can be intense. I know I get passionate about certain Gilmore Girls topics, but I have to fast forward when it becomes too much. Other than that, I'm learning and catching things I never, I never had before, which is awesome. Do you like me or don't you? <laughs> I know. It's like, I agree with her, but also she's too intense. I have to fast forward. And this is why I said I'm not angry. It's because 
First of all, yeah, I know I'm intense. Number two, it can get way worse. <laughs> like, if you only knew how much she tones it down for you all. Oh, my God. I have to do volume check every five seconds. <laughs> I mean, this, this, this review was also about season two, That's which true. for 99%, we recorded in person together at my house. Yeah, and we do get a little bit more, ah, when we see each other in person. So I don't know, like I have, like I don't personally listen and compare and contrast our own episodes, but no. I don't know if our, um, if our virtual episodes are as intense as our personal episodes. And like we said, we do this for fun, so it really doesn't matter. <laughs> no, and like that, that wasn't a completely negative review. It was oh, saying like, hey, I like your show. These are things that I'm not a huge fan of, but I'm still mm-hmm. enjoying oh. it. It was just so funny because when I sent it to you, I'm like, okay, so I'm intense, but I make good points. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, so for me, I'd be like, okay, don't change because if you make good points, you kind of have to be intense sometimes. Yeah, listen, and you know what? To be fair, to be fair, season two, I was shitting on Christopher a lot, so I did get very intense. But rightfully so. That's true. Oh, what are you going to do? I don't know, but I do know that we also get messages on social media all the time telling us uh how much uh, how much joy and comfort our podcast has brought people especially this year which yes. as I've, which as i've said before is insane so thank you very much for always listening and being our fans i guess we have those i guess you can write <laughs> the review if you like um, yes you can rate us on itunes on apple podcasts it's always fun to hear what you guys think yes um, not that I give a fuck, but, you know. Do you have anything else to add about, th- about this episode? Um, what I'm going to say is we have our last two bracket matchups. Interesting. Tell our me more. Two, yes, our last two before we move on to the next round. So we're going to do the one, two, three, go again. Okay. Are you ready? Oh, boy. Yes. And this coincides with this episode. So the first one is 316, the big one, mm-hmm. versus 322. Those are strings, Pinocchio. One, two, three. 316. Okay. And then the last one, 522, a house is not a home, versus 622, parting. One, uh, two, three. 522. Oh. <laughs> Just because, you know, I'll never, I'll never choose season six for anything. Oh, shut it. So those are the last two. We're going to post them throughout the week. And then once the first round is officially closed, we're going to post the whole thing again and start doing round two matchups until we get to one winner. Mm. The countdown is on, friends. We're getting there, you guys. Anything else you wanted to add, Jeffrey? Um, I did have, I mean, I have lots to say about... um, you know, Paris's meltdown, which we're going to discuss more in our bonus episode. So you'll have all, all of you will have that to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to ask because we'll get into this more with episode 17, but I did want to ask, in your opinion, do you think it's realistic that Rory gets into all three schools? Um, my guess is if you get into one, the Ivies are the same, no? Like, I don't really, like, in, I'm saying in, in real life, I guess, I don't really know how it works in terms of, it, obviously, it's, it's, a, it's very competitive, but. Yeah. 
I guess, like you said, if you get into one, you can kind of get into them all. I just, like, to me, it just felt a bit, I'm not going to say it, like, fantastical. But yeah. it seemed, it, like, I don't know, to me, every single time I've watched season three, it seems that her getting into all three is like a pipe dream in real life. Um, well, I don't disagree. Mm-hmm. But I also think that this is kind of the last time that things really go her way. So yeah. I have it. <laughs> Like it could happen. I'm not saying it, it's completely out of out of this world, not a possibility. It's just that like every single time um, I've watched season three, I think to myself, would that happen in real life? Mm. Um, so it's definitely hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, as the years go on, it gets more and more rare because um, the admit I, I recently saw a story about this on last week tonight. <laughs> that's why I'm that's why I'm saying it. Um, the admission rate is going down while the application rate is going up. Okay. For all of the Ivy Leagues. Um, but the thing is, if you're already coming from a prep school mm-hmm. and you have a perfect GPA and you have stellar letters of recommendation from said prep school. I don't see why not. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, we're just made to believe that Rory's this genius. Well, genius. She works really hard. We know that. But she's yeah. very smart and she reads a lot and like whatever. So, but I, I, I tend to not think about it too much because I know what a shit show her life is going to become. Mm-hmm. And also, by the way, just because you went to an Ivy League school doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, yes, it's a possibility. She could have gotten lucky. Doesn't mean doesn't mean the rest of your life is set. Listen, George W. Bush went to Yale, and look at that potato head. Mm. Jared Kushner went to Harvard. <laughs> what more need be said? Exactly. So I yeah I don't put too much um, talk into that. Like I don't I don't think about it too much because she has to drop a class later, then she drops out, then her life doesn't go as planned. So I'm like, whatever, it doesn't, so yeah, you got into Ivy Leagues, doesn't mean shit. There's more Don't successful it. people out there that didn't get into Ivy Leagues. Yeah, exactly. It's a, I think it's also a slippery slope because you know, like you said, her life does take different routes later and Rory herself is just a very flawed human being and that's okay she's a mess okay i was i was trying to say it politely but yeah she's a hot mess she's a fucking mess later on but who isn't is what i have to say about that rory in a year in the life is just a whole other ball game yeah but let's not get into that but i think it's way realistic anyway where can they follow us jeffrey uh, they can follow us on Instagram at Gilmore Girls Podcast or on Twitter at Gilmore Podcast. And they can always send us an email, gilmorepodcast at gmail.com. Love letters, comments, questions, concerns, etc. And uh, you can review us so that we can have a laugh at your reviews, please. Yes, please. It's entertainment for us. It really is. <laughs> Uh, and that's it for this episode. So like we said, look out for that bonus episode on Wednesday. We're going to post about it again. And we will see you next time. Yes. Thank you for listening. Bye.